It's our Jordan episode, episode 23. Everybody, welcome back. This is a nonsense podcast. This is uh, Ghost Chant Part 2. Today we have Mike Held, who plays guitar in Ghost Chant. He also, um, if you know Mike Held, he's been in a few other bands as well, one of which is Firestarter. He also has a side project currently, which is Was and When. And um, Was and When is a little bit different of a flavor than Ghost Chant. Um, I would say an entirely different avenue. But um, you're able to see that Mike's a fantastic musician. Um, and we were able to actually tackle a little bit of that in the episode and just talk about musicianship and craftsmanship. Uh, a few other things that we covered in this episode, we are also talking about the $125,000 guitar. Um, we're also tackling um, what you know touring was like before uh, COVID and how things have changed and how we can move forward with the uh, new normal, quote unquote. So uh, if you like the episode, I would um, recommend subscribing on either Spotify, iTunes, excuse me, Apple Podcasts, um, any other form in which you listen to this and uh, let us know what you think. If you, um, you want a few more details on this and you want to see a little bit more content, you can follow no- at NonsensePod on Instagram and we'll be posting some stuff up in the coming weeks. And um, yeah, with that being said, we'll see you next week. So, Mike, welcome Shit, yeah. to the Nonsense Podcast. Uh, it's great to have you here, man. Um, we actually had your bandmate a few episodes ago, Dan, on. Yes. What a guy. Yes. I, it's weird. I I was listening to that episode, and I'm always trying to not listen to Dan. So it was weird, like, <laughs> forcing myself to listen to him speak for an hour. So uh, thank Honestly, you guys for, for making me do that. Dude, <laughs> yeah. I think you <laughs> have a lot here. of great stuff to say, honestly. I... Um, He's a very no, well-spoken man, that's for sure. Yes, absolutely. I was, I was proud uh, of him for sure. He, he's a like you said, he's very well-spoken, and has uh, a lot of good stuff to say. And I, I think now I want to make it a mission to just have all of you guys on, like one by one, <laughs> just like collectors' uh, items. <laughs> we we are definitely like a super uh, interesting group of people. Uh, we all have our little quirks, as I'm sure, like you guys do in your band. And it's, it's really just Matt's like, the one I want to hear the most because I don't think I've ever heard him say like <laughs> more more than three sentences. He is probably <laughs> just like too stoned. <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, I would say he's just like, yeah, that's that's it. I, I don't even want to go into it, but yeah, he 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 is probably the one when you start really like getting to know and cracking down breaking down like that shell he's like such a character so yeah if you had him on it would be a really fun time and is he your drummer he's our drummer yeah he he holds it down he's i would never say this to his face but he's definitely like the best drummer in he is he's a a great drummer yeah he is fantastic so yeah he he holds it down for us 
does a great job of tickling the skins. Oh, he tickles. <laughs> he tickles. That's for sure. Well, it's nice too, because like you know, same. I was saying, the, I was saying it in the podcast with Dan. Like, I mean, you and Matt, we've we've been playing gigs together for a long time now. Yeah, it was like weird, just like kind of preparing for not preparing, but just kind of thinking over just like the the past four or five years or so, and it was weird. I, I feel like the first few fire starter gigs that I played like in the Hudson Valley area, like one for the Braves pretty much played all of them. I would say oh, yeah. if, if not like 90% of them. So yeah, you guys were the homies and we're there for the final one. So sent us oh, yeah. off. Uh, look, look, ready. Got it right there. Yeah. The, uh, the, I can I'm actually sh- show it this time because we're on video. <laughs> yeah. That's dope. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I have that somewhere. I want to say I took like took it off the wall or something like that night. I'm sure it's like not as legit as that one, but yeah, I, I've got it. I've it's got it's on that. I've got that somewhere. Yeah. Well, I got I got them to sign it. I was like, yeah, I gotta keep that because that was that was a Is that-, that was a great night. Even though it was you guys last show, probably not as great night for you guys, but it was still it was a great night. <laughs> I mean, it was a. Uh, I don't want to say it, it was definitely like a good way to end everything i mean it was probably one of the most attended shows that like i probably played with firestarter especially in like the poughkeepsie area and like with the punches is just kind of one of those like if i've had like a weird full circle with them my first show ever that i played in high school my high school band we opened for them and this was like in 2010 or like 2011. So then like it was kind of weird having that be like my last show uh, with Firestarter and having with the punches open. So what was your yeah. high school band? We were called Stuck at Second. We kind of sounded kind of like like old such gold. Oh, yeah. like, that. like we kind of teetered on like that pop punk hardcore side, but definitely like we're like melodic and stuff but we yeah we 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 played in poughkeepsie a few times so i would say yeah poughkeepsie has is a weird uh like second scene for me just kind of because dan baird was popular and then poughkeepsie just was right there back in the right, day right. so yeah it's all good stuff poughkeepsie's great so man, you got to fill us in with some of the stuff you're doing currently. I know uh, you guys just released a new single, "Like Hell." Uh, that was like 11 days ago, I think. Yeah, I think it was two two Fridays ago or something like that. Um, yeah, that song yeah, was w- awesome, man. Thank you. Dude. <laughs> um, yeah, like Dan said on the on his on the podcast that we kind of are always like one step ahead when it comes to releasing stuff. So I was going through my phone like demos that I have. That's how I write. Like Gus and I write so differently. Like he's super technical about stuff and demos everything out and like does like MIDI drums and does like all the layers and stuff. And then like I just bring an idea to Matt and we just kind of like demo it out on my phone. And I was looking and I found that like the first cell phone demo. And I think it was from like July, July of last year. Wow. So yeah, I mean, we're kind of like rounding it. We just kind of like to say one step ahead and just I don't know, push it forward but like kind of not overthink things at the same time it's 
you know, like you always want to like do your best and try and write something a little bit different, but at the same time, you know, like music is music and just try to write what you want to listen to, I guess. Yeah. I felt like it was a, a nice next step for you guys, especially knowing that I think you guys, yeah, you guys have an EP coming up, right? Yeah. That'll, that's like a, the second single, I guess, technically like make a home of me will be on it. But, uh, like hell was like, I guess the first like official, official single. And then there'll be four other songs. So yeah. we're pretty excited about them. And you guys kind of, you know, stepped out of the genre of obviously you're still melodic hardcore. Like that's, you know, that song is it lives and breathes melodic hardcore. But all, <laughs> I felt there were also like some uh, metalcore, you know, aspects to it as well, where it, you know, has those riffs. It ha- it's not just, you know, kind of like that, that droning the whole time. It's, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's specific breaks in the songs where it's like, oh, shit, here comes another part. Yeah, I think the the riffiness as we've progressed has uh, really gotten a lot stronger. And that's definitely like a lot, a lot due to Gus. I think like as we started when the band first started, we were putting songs out. We were kind of, I don't know, I guess figuring out our style. And we were kind of doing like a little bit of the grunge aspect to like the hardcore thing. And I think what it came down to is that we just really always wanted to be like more of a straightforward hardcore melodic band like the bands that we used to listen to like like comeback kid and like bane and other stuff like that and just kind of bring it back down to the basics our 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 interpretation of bringing it back down to the basics i guess but yeah the riffing and stuff like that that's just kind of gus just being gus and getting super shreddy which is i think what we all want and what we've been like trying to push them to do so yeah our new stuff will definitely be a little bit shreddier and yeah i'm, I'm super proud of that so it's fun we, to hear that too because you turn around and you're, you also released uh was and when your new your solo project there which yeah i i've been digging the hell out of it was really cool thank you well. dude um, we'll, we'll watch you through all doing all that stuff that has like been a kind of a long time coming with myself like I love hardcore music and I love just like, you know, the aspect of people like moshing and stage diving, just like the whole everything about the punk community and hardcore community. I just like stand behind completely. And then there's also this other side of me that just like loves the Beatles and like turnover and other stuff like that. And just like sitting outside and like smoking a joint and just like having a relaxing day too is also like a huge part of who I am. So it's just like, uh, yeah, I think I've just always wanted to do like this singer songwriting kind of vibey thing for a while. Um, the last song I put out was a song I had written in like 2014 or something or like had written. So I've just kind of had like a back catalog, I guess, of just kind of like different sounding songs than hardcore. Right. And, and, it's just, I guess, in a way, I, I forget who you guys were talking to, but like we do live in like super, you know, technology just like runs everything and makes everything so much easier. So like me just sitting in my room and playing the acoustic guitar and just like putting vocals over it on my like on a garage band and just, you know, doing a little riff and then having my friends just, you know, play the parts that I write. 
kind of just streams line streamlines everything so like whenever a ghost chant has downtime i'm just like i just don't want downtime i guess when it goes down mm-hmm. to like when ghost chant doesn't have anything going on like i want to be doing this and then vice versa so you also yeah. have like you have one or two other bands you have snow piler and then yes yeah, no you're part snow of lighthouse piler. too right <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> or, like, or I'm some, like, sometimes like, part of lighthouse yeah. Yeah, holy shit! You do, you've done your research. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, well, actually, uh, who, what's his name? Oh, Tim. Yeah. Or Nick. Yeah. So the last one for the Brave Show, Lighthouse played. Did I play? No, you were not with him. Okay. And um, uh, we were talking about that, and we made the connection. And then when you put out was and when, and you released uh, the release, I that Connecticut page. Mm-hmm. Like a little oh, story. Yeah. They were talking about all your bands. I was like, oh, I didn't realize he was like part of Lighthouse too. Snowpiler, yeah. I knew from Nikki, but yeah. Um, shout out to those guys, Nick from Snowpiler and Tim from Lighthouse. Those are great bands, but and they're great people. Uh, so, but yeah, Snowpiler is like I guess I play bass in that, and I've been doing that for like two two years or so. Our first show was actually like four days after that such gold. The, like the show like the last fire starter show and yeah. such gold also played that so i played like two shows with such gold in within a matter of like four days with two different bands which, which is was awesome. funny yeah uh yeah so um snowpiler is like melodic math kind of like indie math core people always compare us to tiny moving parts because they don't really know what else to compare us to <laughs> but okay. we think but we think that's really funny because we don't really sound like that uh my buddy nick listens to like he's like that friend that will be like have you heard of this like crazy obscure band and be like wait you've never heard of them so he just kinda, <laughs> he just kind of like yeah. listens to like really i don't want to say obscure but it's just like uh kind of like niche music but it's great like it's stuff that like definitely has expanded my uh palette and then uh I kind of play in Lighthouse occasionally, and I play bass in that too. And that's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's it's all over the place. Tim's it's like kind of like post hardcore, but it's like super vibey at the same time. Yeah, it's it was definitely like when, we, when I was watching them play at that last show. It was like definitely like what little like I I would say that is more like tiny moving part esque. Yeah, Tim does uh, get like really twinkly. And stuff yeah, like like he gets like that twinkly, <laughs> yeah. and then like next thing he's just like yelling in your face. Yeah, yeah, um, yes. The I don't even know how to. It, it's one of those things where Tim just always writes like these crazy, uh, crazy like these crazy twinkly riffs over like these really simple basic rhythms, which is cool. So yeah, yeah it's, hard, it's hard to pinpoint down like what genre he is. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like Avery. Yeah, Avery, but, Avery writes pop punk songs and turns around and shreds everybody's face off. When no one oh talking. yeah, <laughs> I've seen Bad seen man. that seen that happen many times. Um, yeah, so we're kind of like a little collective of three. Uh, we all like swap. Like Nick plays drums, um, in Lighthouse, but is the singer of Snowpiler and like writes all those songs. And Tim writes all of the Lighthouse songs. And they helped me kind of mold the recordings for the first wasn't one stuff. So we just play like musical chairs at practice. 
which is <laughs> kind of funny. Like, hey, let's do so, your sauce and do my yeah, sauce. Yeah, which band do we want to practice tonight? <laughs> it's it's almost draining sometimes because you like you'll be playing for a few hours, but be playing like three different genres, and you're like, it's hard to almost wrap your head around and then like try and grasp it for a show, but somehow we do it. But yeah, it's 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 a good time. I think playing with those guys have really uh, opened up my mind to like some new stuff and just meeting new people and within the Connecticut scene as well. And as you know, like Adam, like Tim is like the nicest person to oh, exist. Yeah. I mean, Nick oh, yeah. too. I mean, I can't talk. Can't I can't mention them both. So yeah, they're both just great people. Yeah, no, when I met Tim, I was like, this is literally the nicest person I've ever met. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely get Tim Tim on both of them but yeah tim 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 is like a great human too he he could talk your ear off about a lot of good social justice stuff and other stuff yeah yeah send his contact over we'll we'll reach out to him absolutely will Um, but um yeah so mike i i wanted to follow up on um i think dan mentioned this when he was on for everybody listening, I think that's episode nine that Dan was on. He mentioned where you guys filmed your most recent music video for uh, Like Hell. Was that, in, I might be mistaken, was that in the Coheed practice space? Okay, that one, the Coheed practice space one was the Letters music video. That was the okay. uh, first music video. And that one, I'm super bad with areas of New York. I want <laughs> I, I think he said beacon maybe somewhat most likely i mean he he would know more than i would but yeah actually could have been down that way too it wasn't it really wasn't like too bad of a drive from where we practice i remember in Milton. i think it was probably like an hour hour 15 so i don't know that rate that general radius but yeah yeah, that, that was it was one of those things where dan described it accurately just kind of was like it was almost like the narnia of practice spaces like you opened up this small door and then like you opened it up into this gigantic world of just like (laughs) of just like open it was just a huge open space it did suck i think we all got like migraine headaches because there was absolutely no ventilation of air and you just having to go super super hard of just like you know head banging and stuff so the combination of like no air and then like a wicked bang over is just <laughs> terrible to drive home with but yeah that was a cool spot so that I, was letters so where'd you do like, like hell like hell i believe it was um it was in new jersey it was kind of like a it was a wedding venue i believe mainly wow. <laughs> so we kind of like walked around and and they were like yeah we have multiple areas so just kind of take notes on which ones you like and there was honestly so many different rooms there. Like when we were walking through, they said in a bunch of, like some other New York band had just, I forget who it was, had just filmed like a, a video right there. So there was like so many spots. I wish I knew where it was, but um, it was right before the, like, I think we just made it in the cove before um, oh. like the coronavirus, like breakdown or shutdown. So that was kind of like scary. I remember shaking hands with everyone. And then immediately being like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done that. And yeah. <laughs> I, I pretty much before I did anything else, I just ran right to the bathroom and washed my hands. Uh, but yeah, that was a good time. 
I was saying it was like the most professional video we've ever done. And it turned you out you shot that, that with uh, Eric Square Up, right? Yes, yes. I wanted to ask about that. He did our first and only music video so far. The one that Aaron wasn't in. Yeah. <laughs> He's our great. drummer was the bassist in it. Uh, know, Eric, we've, we've shot now two with Eric. We shot one, one with the Braves and now one what makes sense. And he's, he, I, I really like Eric. He's really good to work with. Yeah, he, um, he absolutely killed it. He's been blowing up um, recently. And Gus had recommended him. We had been doing all of our videos were shot by uh, uh, Brandon Lane before that. Yep, yep, yep. He he absolutely crushed it. He does really and good work I think, too. Yeah, check his stuff out. He he did letters. He did dig. Um, yeah, but and we just wanted to go with someone a little different. And yeah, he he killed it too. I think we definitely have. It overexceeded like anything that we could have expected. Yeah, so. for anybody listening, uh, it's Square Up Studios. I'm saying that right, Square Up Studios. Oh yeah, correct. Yeah, yes. yeah. And what, what's uh, Eric's last name? Is it is it Blackburn? Nope, I know it, and that's not, I'm totally blanking <laughs> on it. Eric, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Yeah, reach out <laughs> yeah, to I'm, Square Up I'm Studios. I'm super bad. I'm super bad with names as well. Well, I do know his name is Eric. I'm yeah. super. Um, he's always produced some pretty great content, at least from like the few absolutely. videos that I've seen. Um, and even like when Adam did it for one with the Braves, that was a few years ago. You know, technology has mm. made leaps and bounds since then. And even then it was like extremely professional. Mm-hmm. No, it's yeah. it's it's pretty wild. Just the way technology has made everything just so much more affordable and just with the quality of production content, like that could just be for music or video or even podcasting. Like right now, like we're like using Skype and I'm sure it sounds <laughs> yeah. great. Like, like it, like that's just never happened before. I remember you used, used to take like a cell phone video and used to sound like crap and you never <laughs> yeah. could listen to it. And now you could like put your phone in your pocket and record a whole concert and it sounds like phenomenal. Yeah. So I mean, it's, you stay no, at a concert with your phone and you get like it's yeah. like professional grade. Yeah, it's 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 honestly just I always say it's just like so stupid some of the stuff how how easy they make it like Yeah. <laughs> you you almost don't even need to do things at times and things just look great. I don't know how, but yeah, technology. Yeah. I was thinking about the other day cuz we used to just do it all by cell phone uh this podcast, but we noticed mm-hmm. that there was like a little bit of a a lag in the sound. Um, you know, for like me, my Mm. conversation would be lagged, but the rest of the conversation would be fine. But fucking Aaron. Yeah. Otherwise, (laughs) like it was great. And it's, and I was just mind blown that it's like, look, like 20 years ago, one podcasting wasn't possible. There's no, no like hosting, you know, software where you could do it Two, you'd need a full studio, full radio studio, you know, producer, somebody to like make sure, you know, you cut all the audio, you got to save it somewhere. And like, now I'm like, I could just do it through my fucking phone. Like, that is insane. (laughs) I mean, even crazier is like, Aaron's in like, I think he's in Red Hook. I think he's in like a different part of New York than I am. I'm in New York and you're in Connecticut and the three of us are conversing right now. And it's it's insane. It's insane. I mean, like, it really uh, is amazing technology how it's grown. 
I how I recorded like wasn't when I I recorded all the drums and stuff and guitars and everything with Gus and I just had him like send the DI tracks and everything like that to John Nicario. And I'd never done really anything like that extensively before. Like, you know, sent like f- pretty much full songs by, you know, their stems or however mm-hmm. super uh, te- 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 technological <laughs> terms. But like, and somehow like it still sounds amazing. And like that isn't even something that was feasible probably five years ago or 10 years yeah. ago. And like I sat in three different locations and recorded this with Gus and then sent it to a guy in a professional studio, which is just like wild and no one really would know the difference. Yeah, it all sounds cohesive. Right. Yeah. And, and it like, sounds like you went and sat in like it doesn't sound like you recorded it in your bedroom. It sounds like you actually went and sat stood in this giant studio. I I was having a conversation with like a guitar friend and we were saying how he was saying that like technology has made guitarists now not have to find the perfect tone anymore because you could just plug into like a DI and just get like that perfect like MIDI amp simplified like amp sim without having to even like run three different pedals through something (laughs) and then like turn your knobs a specific way like that whole like art of like finding your tone is just kind of like dying yeah avery, has a, just, avery has a kemper yeah the kemper endless profiler. endless tones right there just so endless. yeah this this past weekend ghost chant kind of did like a ban and ban in the bubble type situation we, we got an airbnb um and i think it's Mo- is it monticello new york Monte- yep. by, yeah, the, yeah. by the race by the racetracks and um we gus has a kemper and we were figuring out just kind of some new songs and we were working out like this new in-ear system which i had never used before but like it's all like run through like his he's just like literally our tech wizard which is insane i don't even know how any of it works but that's what avery is avery and eddie are and both. eddie like and tech eddie wizards. Well, no, avery eddie and nick are all yeah no they're gearheads i could spend I mean, my whole life studying that shit and i wouldn't we know. we go to practice and they spend like a good 20 minutes talking about gear and Aaron and I just kind of sit there looking at each other like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, I none of us really pedal. know what's going on. <laughs> like, I, I, I think I, I have a microphone. That's it, about the gist of what I got. Yeah, like, I, I'm definitely, like, a little bit of a gearhead in the sense of, like, I like, like, obviously, it's worth it to spend the money on good gear because it, it definitely, you know, you get what you pay for sort of thing. I do truly believe that. But I've after this weekend, I, I might... I, I play. I currently play a Vox AC30 and have like you know pedals and stuff, but I'm really thinking about the Kemper man. It's it's looking pretty good. Like that's I don't know. It's, it's crazy how how much I was super against it, but now I feel like I'm for it's it. Avery went yeah. from a, a mess of Mark V head with pedals to sold it i think he sold the head actually and now he just uses the kemper for pretty much everything he probably got his money back on that mesas or mesas or mesas mesa i don't know what the fuck mesa. but yeah I say mesa that's some good shit that is some good yeah shit. yeah yeah mesa orange like those two right there like you're pretty 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 good quality shit right there i have to say yeah <laughs> yeah i'm no, ready it's... to like spend my kids inheritance on an orange amp i don't even have kids yet but i, I, I just don't like 
Yeah, it would just be gone. I'm like, sorry, that money's gone forever. I would just be go try- do it just to get an orange. <laughs> That's kind of how it was about the Vox. I feel like I just need to pull the trigger and just get one. Yeah, you know? it's like I'm never going to do this, but I know it. Like, I'll apply myself a little bit more, I think, if I get something, you know, that's, like, serious. It'd be better than Nemesis, too, you know. <laughs> Run around. Oh, this, this is yeah, Mike, and nobody Mike. Knows, knows where it came from. Um, mm-hmm. Dude, it, yeah, I call it super rare. Um, so it's, we have, by the company Eden, I don't even know if they make shit anymore. Um, we have this one base head that we use in our practice space for our garage. It's also for touring, too, because, like, you know, it's mm-hmm. going to be in the back of a truck. It's going to be sliding around. So, yeah, we got big thing, and it's called the Nemesis, and it has Nemesis in the front and big letters. Lights up blue. It that's lights the up brand. too. It's that's the brand of Eden is the brand, and I e- guess Eden. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've ever heard of Net the the yeah, Nemesis. There's there's one left online for sale. Like that's it. <laughs> is it is it like super boutique? No, it's no, not. it's just random. It's, I random. Think it's just che- I think it's just like, I think it was just like a cheap thing that Nick had. Yeah, it's but like we had nothing, bucks. and it, but like surprisingly enough, it sounds pretty decent. So we're like, whatever, yeah. we'll roll with it. We'll roll with it for now. And that's the yeah, joke I mean. is like, you know, like this amp head is just <laughs> no one knows what it is. We even have like gearheads come up to it, and they're like, dude. Where'd you get that? Like a yard sale? Like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're just you know, like, nah, man, not not really sure where it came from. Gear is weird like that. I feel like when it's not like a huge name brand, it'll just be like it'll just die out randomly. Yeah, if it's not like a Marshall or anything, like you're not gonna see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, yeah, those things just die. I have this bad monkey pedal that i don't think they make anymore but it's the best pedal ever and anytime anyone ever recommends an overdrive pedal i tell them to scour scour <laughs> reverb please. bad monkey digitech relief i think yeah uh, reverbs this it, shit i love oh, reverb yeah, yeah dude reverb i i could spend hours on there i get the weirdest ads from them i got an ad for a hundred twenty five thousand dollar guitar <laughs> it, was, what, it was insane <laughs> what guitar is that much money is yeah, it like is that was it that john mayer one you said i was just no. about to say is, is it like played by john mayer or something no not played by anybody so it's a i think it was a gibson um i don't know i i it's some sort of hollow body gibson and Ooh, it nice. had like a chinese dragon on the back in like oh. I think gold leaf or whatever like that, and then the uh, fretboard like inlets were like uh, you know gold or whatever, and like everything was entirely custom. It was crazy. <laughs> too flashy, too flashy for myself. Yeah, I'm like Those... knowing I could buy like a, a Lamborghini at this price. I think I'm gonna pass on a guitar if I had that money. Like a house. Yeah, or a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, sorry, honey. Uh, we're gonna stay in this van. We're gonna live here forever. But I got a sweet guitar. <laughs> yeah, it's like I can't even imagine playing that, let alone. I feel like you couldn't. I feel like you'd have to put it on the wall and leave it there and say, if anybody touches that, you lose a finger. Like I feel like that's what that yeah. guitar is for. Those like, are like those guitars. Where do you keep it? Like I wouldn't feel safe anywhere. I guess like a glass case. Yeah. Well, no, I feel like people would know 
that like it's a hundred twenty five thousand dollar guitar because like you know you're that asshole that just bought that guitar so like everyone would know it so it's like everyone would know that you have that like that much money so yeah i feel like it's kind of like winning the lottery like you don't want your identity to be known so you you don't want that or you just have like amazing credit you don't mind ruining it Going into a bank and getting a loan. It's just like, like I have a buy a guitar. Loan. Yeah, like, and, yeah. Uh, what is this loan for, sir? The guitar. Yeah. Buying. I'm buying a house-sized guitar. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That's that's how the housing market collapses again. Yeah. So uh, guitar market. <laughs> yeah. I hope that doesn't happen. I I I like. I was going to say. Yeah, <laughs> it'll affect your business. But no, we were we were missed two Reaver, months, though. and I'm freaking out. Yeah. Oh yeah, reverb. Always I, keeping it. That's where I got my bass. I got a your a bass. Nine, yeah, nineteen. Uh, oh God, what is it? Nineteen seventy-five. Uh, Gibson Ripper. Nice. Yeah, it's a nasty sounding thing, and I love until it he, until it changes the strings. You can't play it for a week. Oh, dude, it <laughs> it fucked up all the action. So I had to uh, like bypass it yeah it's all good now it sounds great adam i actually been working on it over break so i figured you were but you give me me the opportunity i take it (laughs) (laughs) do you do all your own uh like tech stuff on your guitars and basses i have been now because yeah um where i i used to live where my apartment was was in uh is like near New York City. So okay. everybody around there, if they even to even look at your guitar is like thirty bucks already off the bat. Not to do any work on it. So I mm. asked for a, a setup one time. It was like the guitar center in like Manhattan. Dude was like, uh, that'll be eighty dollars. I'm like, eighty dollars to just adjust my action or get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's definitely a ripoff. Yeah, it was crazy. So I was like, I'm just going to get some tools. You know, you adjust it to make sure neck's pretty straight, and then, you know, all the strings don't buzz. It's pretty simple. I've I've never once even tried to do that myself. Yeah. I, I probably should. I, yeah, I don't know. I've always just gone to people. That's why I asked if you do it. Is it, so it's pretty easy? I should, yeah, I should not bad. The, I should take the time. No, just watch look YouTube up, videos. like, um what size your truss rod is and then i'm sure your guitars came with the allen wrench to adjust the uh, saddles mm-hmm. so like that's pretty much all you need <laughs> yeah i like am one of those guitar players that i feel like i know nothing like when people like walk up to me and they're like start talking to me about guitar stuff i'm like ah, man i don't know i just i just play this the songs yeah, the I, same just do, way. I just do the thing I, i'm on the stage and do that and then get off <laughs> i don't yeah. know Dude, i'm i am the same way i like like adam and i said like when the other guy's talking tech and stuff i'm like i don't know <laughs> yeah it's like i wish i could talk theory man i wish i could talk cool words technological stuff but no nah, just, just i'm just up there I think that brings up a really good point, though, about, you know, the types of characters you'll come across in a band, because we all get to one place in different ways. Like, you know, some of these guys, I know some people who went to school for music and, you know, studied either like music theory or something related to music, even if it was like production or whatever. And they're like, I want to make this my career. But then there's also people like myself where um, I kind of 
started taking it serious, I guess, a little later when I was like, you know, you could do it if you you can like make this a big deal if you apply yourself. And it was never really like something I thought about until, you know, I saw some of my friends doing it and people I know, you know, were succeeding in it. I'm like, it's possible. But yeah, people like they come from different directions and then, you know, join bands. And I think it's it's a pretty cool thing. Like me, I probably have. I would say the least amount of live playing experience of my mm-hmm. band. I've played shows of, you know, and you I've wouldn't played... think it either. It's just, yeah. And, but it's, it's cool. Then like speaking of like guys like yourself and guys like Adam, where you've played with like, with the punches and such gold and, um, you know, like some bands that went on to have pretty decent careers. So I, I think it's, it's really cool that the different types of people you'll meet and different experiences that people have. I completely agree. I think like, I think the one thing I think people don't realize it's like, yeah, you could go to school for music. You can do all these things, have so much like book knowledge and other stuff. But like, I don't know, a lot of it just has to do with like feeling it out and just like writing. I don't know. Like people, I, you can't like tell someone how to write a song you can't just like put it into words because it's there's almost like no words to actually like encompass what it is because sometimes you just literally just sit down and start playing your guitar and then something happens i know it sounds like super like dumb or something but that's i don't know that's really all i could say is that you just kind of sit down and it happens and like you could have all the knowledge in the world but like if you don't put your really try and like put your heart into it i feel like it won't matter anyway or yeah something. totally true and once know, it like, becomes like a formula you know once th- it becomes predictable and something you can map out i think that's when it loses its feeling absolutely um for me it's for me it's always been persistency like it's like you say like you get like this idea and you just keep going with it and going with it and going with it and it's like especially like people ask me like oh like where do you pull your lyrics from like i can't ever tell anybody like i don't ever it's very rare that i sat down with like an idea of like this is what i'm gonna write about like i just kind of sit down start writing and see where it goes and then like everybody shows me a song or something i'm like oh like i can kind of work this into that flow that goes with that and that's where it kind of begins but like i'm the kind of person too for me like i'll sit there like like you 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 see me live and you know aaron Mm -hmm. see me live but like definitely like i've grown (laughs) exponentially over the years but a lot of that comes down i think you're the same height I'll yeah. <laughs> I'll sit down and just go over and over with things until it clicks, and that's that's something too. It's just like this persistency is something that's overlooked. No, I, I completely agree. Like, uh, I think when it comes to lyrics, for myself, I you know I don't ever really like sit down and say like I'm writing this subject. It's very like sub, I guess subconscious. Like I'll kind of like put something on in my car, hundred percent, and then just like you know, try and vibe out with the chorus a little bit and then like, oh, I just wrote the chorus and then go from there. Yep. But yeah, like I feel I think most of it is coming from like a subconscious part of myself where it's like trying to be more of a conscious thought. I guess that's how I put it. Yeah. So it's it's like it is something I'm I guess I'm I'm doing, but I'm not doing consciously. Right. And I think I think like Bayside said it best. He's like, oh, the day I start liking myself is the day I stop having a music career or something like that. <laughs> I th- I 
I uh, I definitely agree. It's one of those great <laughs> things where like uh, there's a Touche Amore song that I always really enjoy. I don't I don't know what it's called. I think it might be called Content, but the song is basically about how it's super hard for uh, Jeremy of that band to write like songs about being happy or maybe just songs about kind of being content. But I don't necessarily think I think being a musician and being an artist or whatever you want to call it takes a lot of self-reflection. So it's kind of like however you interpret your self-reflection will pretty much be what you put out into the world. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, if, if you hate yourself or <laughs> like like Bayside, which is like they're totally their thing, then he's got to hate himself forever. And to clarify, you, you don't need to hate yourself to be a musician. That wasn't that wasn't what I was saying. No, 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 no. I think uh, <laughs> well, you should. You should yeah, helps, well, yeah, I think I think I think being a musician almost there's, there's like a little inner self hatred because you don't you don't love yourself and then get into a van with four, five, six, whatever how many other people you have and literally sweat it out with them, grind it out with them. You have to hate yourself just a small amount. No, yeah. no, no, no rational human being really does that. I was just going to say, you have to have a little bit of crazy in you yeah. to like do this. I mean, yes, there is. You have to like be passionate about it and you there has to be the drive and you have to want to do it. But there's also got to be like, damn, you really like slept on a hardwood floor last night. Like and you're like, yeah, I fucking loved it. It was awesome. And then we There's, played a show the next day. Well, I think I think it was Dustin from What the Punches tweeted like a long time ago. He goes, I get all these kids come up being, hey man, what was it like touring the country and like making it and this and that? He goes, I wasn't aware that trying your t-shirt outside your window of sweat from last night's show was considered making it. Oh, I will never forget this moment of touring but like we were in arizona in 2016 is a fire starter story and we played a show this guy who booked the show was definitely most likely a drug dealer of some sort and i think the whole premise was that he just had like this expendable amount of income to just book bands that he liked because it was just like uh weed money or something so he he up and launder money more or less. Yeah. So <laughs> he booked a show and he invited us over to his house before the show to barbecue or something. And he goes, I have a laundry. Like you guys could use my laundry. And Dan starts doing laundry. He's about like 20 minutes into the wash cycle. And this this guy walks in. He goes, My mom's about to come home. You guys have to leave. So he <laughs> takes like this soaking wet just like laundry puts into a trash bag. And I don't think he did laundry for three days after that. So he just, we just had like this like moldy sack of just like dirty laundry (laughs) in the, in the trailer. And that is just like encompasses what touring is like. You're just like (laughs) a moldy, a moldy clothes trash bag for like three months or two months or however long your tour is. Could be a week. You could still be a moldy trash bag. <laughs> Try not to sweat. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. That that was a, f- a funny but terrible time. <laughs> so what, what other spots did you hit on that tour? That's pretty far away from home. 
that was a that was a full U.S. tour that we did. Um, we went to California and back. That was the most that was the most extensive touring I've done personally. I know Firestarter had done a lot of other U.S. tours. Um, since then, Ghost Chant has done a lot of like northeastern stuff. I think the farthest west we've gone is like Chicago. I want to say, and then most south i think is like virginia something along there nice. so we're, we're we're creeping which i'm if this year went a little bit differently we probably would have hit florida and probably went out a little bit west more feel that but we, we were planning some shows that we ended up not being able to plan courtesy of you know covid yeah fucking sucked. yeah <laughs> yeah it, it was one of those things where we had been waiting for a lot of things uh, to to fall in place for Ghost Chant, and they finally had like started to fall into place with just like you know the the business side of being in a band, and then like two or three weeks before we like were about to announce that like we had we get a booking agent like we can't play shows anymore, yeah, like <laughs> you know just stuff like that where it's just like oh yeah like all this hard work and stuff to goals that you wanted to reach you finally reach now they don't matter anyway so it's just like god it's it's definitely hard to catch a break but you know we're all in the same boat so yeah hopefully next year is going to be a lot different um you know a lot more healthier yeah and yeah i know it the first wave of shows probably won't be that heavily attended especially up in like the northeast where we were hit pretty hard um but I have a feeling that once everything opens up, people are going to be super eager. Just, you know, maybe like the third wave of, you know, concerts that open up or whatnot. But next year, I would hope the summer next year is just going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, I definitely think there's going to be, or, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, like that there will be a huge renaissance of mu- music and live entertainment. I in agree. General. But, um yeah i'm hoping maybe it'd be great to like play like one show before the year's (laughs) over fingers crossed like uh, being positive about it um well you know it's crazy they're actually play outside show they're starting to have shows up here um i know i have a friend who's playing august 8th at in poughkeepsie is it inside or outside yeah yeah i think it's inside inside wow how wild is Uh, that i think that blows my mind that like a venue would agree to that it's more not even like you guys are reminding me of something yeah Wait, really? the, the chance so the chance oh have wow trapped have trapped of all bands booked for july <laughs> headstrong <laughs> oh yeah man yeah headstrong wow. and headstrong and a little bit of racism coming our way yeah. jeez that's terrible i mean <laughs> wait it so wait is it trapped on in in august no, no, they're, no, they're earlier than that. Yeah, and it's, because, it's a little amazed. People are more amazed because, than even got books. Well, because Trapped was like super, you know, like I'm not surprised that they're the band trying to like push it as yeah. immediate as possible because they, they probably are like, oh, it's such a big hoax. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, you know. Um, That's sad on multiple levels. I'm disappointed in the chance. A lot of people <laughs> yeah. are. I mean, like, Not maybe that. it's outside. I don't know. I don't want to go attacking, you know, them. They, like, they've no, been... No, I'm just kidding. 
Yeah, no, no. But for real, like, if it is inside, I I don't agree with that. Obviously, I'm no doctor, but I think I, I, as much as there is, you know, a lot less risk, I think, up here, it, it's... Uh, I mean, New York was hit so hard. You guys, yeah. like, the, like I, I'm in southern Connecticut, which is, like, a huge, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people commute to New York and stuff. So exactly. like we're, right on the, we're right on the Metro North. So like we got hit like pretty hard, but you guys just got hit so hard from, from that. So I, I could totally see New York wanting to take those extra precautions. I think hopefully well, I think like, it's even like, I think phase three, the biggest gathering you can have is like 25 people. So like, if we're not in phase three by that time, you can't have anybody people, but even if we <laughs> are, even if we, even if we are only in phase three, like, they can only sell 25 tickets. So either way, I'm kind of like looking at it like this is really kind of a head scratcher of a show. It's going to look mu- like a... on multiple, multiple levels. Like one, like trapped is like a hotbed of just bad <laughs> press. And two, it's like it's like so just early out of lockdown that everyone is just like scratching their heads. Yeah, that's true. It's like they couldn't have got someone like a lot better to at least like yeah. ease, ease us back. It's like, no, guys, we're going to hit you with trapped. Let's yeah. risk it. <laughs> Yep. Hey, Adam, I'm pretty sure our show in um, our, in Brooklyn was socially distant enough. I think we had about 10 people, so. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're, we're going to be great because, you know, Perks, yeah. being a, Perks being a new band. That's the, <laughs> the local band, like, reality meme. Just, like, we always are playing socially distant shows anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, um, I, I do think, like, uh, maybe some outside outside shows will happen. I know that like wasn't when might play like a backyard show, yeah. but like you said, there won't be more than I think Connecticut by July will be around like we might do the 50, 50 people gatherings. But even then it would be twenty five. But you know, it's a little backyard party. Hopefully you don't like push it too much. But yeah, I, I think I think indoor gatherings will be a lot harder sell for a lot of people. A lot of people aren't yeah. going to be very eager to hop out. Like, as much as we want to think it, like, people aren't going to be that eager to go out. But like, nah, man, I don't know if I want to go, like, out there just yet. Like, yeah, they're telling me it's safe, but, like, do I really believe them? I think it's so crazy. I don't know about New York, but, like, in, in Connecticut, restaurants were allowed, like, over the past three or four weeks to do, to do, to do like, outside seating, yeah. like, outdoor seating. We but, just started with that in New York. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of the restaurants didn't have outside seating, so like they're doing like these makeshift stuff in like parking lots. Yep. So like who, in my opinion, like who really wants to eat out that bad that like you're gonna eat in a parking lot? Like yeah, like just go home. Like I don't know. Like just take out. <laughs> I, I love I love diner coffee and going to a diner and the atmosphere of going to a diner as much as the next person. But like I'm not gonna sit in a parking lot of the <laughs> diner to get the same experience like i don't know like i'll oh, wait sure. an extra month or so like i just think there's a, a lot of weird like not towing the line and then like people being mm-hmm. cautious it's just like yeah like for what what cost at what cost are you gonna go get that <laughs> coffee like sit in the parking right. lot yeah yeah i'll tell you what though i'll fucking party in an applebee's parking lot all day i think that'd Apple- be sick 
tailgate at Applebee's, bro. People people did that before COVID. I was, I was just yeah. saying it's like a regular Applebee's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, Nothing like they're not even aware there that there's anything going on. <laughs> I feel like you have to be slightly drunk to order like a dollar margarita or whatever their deals are from oh, yeah. one of those places. Yeah. You don't yeah, want like, dry. Nobody nobody soberly orders a margarita the size of their head. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. You're so bad. <laughs> that was such a weird gimmick of like Applebee's trying to target like college students or something. It oh worked. yeah, it, it definitely it definitely worked. But yeah, it's because it's like a community restaurant. They always talk about like you know being in the neighborhood, but like it's just like <laughs> annihilated college kids with like really shitty chicken wings. Or chicken so we, actually, we, we should go to Dutch's. We blow off cast. Uh, we we blow off class and we go get drunk at, at the Applebee's down the road. <laughs> Middle of the day. Classic. Yep. Yeah. The the day the the college day drunk is like the weirdest drunk ever. Beautiful. Yeah, it's. I, I haven't experienced that in a while. Thank God, but like, yeah. It's so weird, like skipping that weird, like skipping class on like a Wednesday or Thursday. It's like going to the bar, realizing it's not good, knowing you shouldn't be there. Yeah, yeah. I should probably add, like, I didn't go Being to like, over a college college either. I went to a commuter college, so it was even it was even worse. <laughs> In college, like I, my final couple of years, like my apartment and like house I had lived in was right on the corner of the college bar, like the college bar that everyone went to. So it was across the street. So it was just not, it just like enabled bad, bad behavior, but good, <laughs> good behavior at the same time, I guess, yeah. depending on how you look at bad it. Fun. Yeah. Drunk how to get crunk. Yeah. But um, Mike, anyways, we are coming up on time. So at the end of usually every episode, I'd like to leave a little bit of time. I actually texted you this and realized the text never went through earlier, but okay. um. Just, yeah, we save a little bit of time for our guests to, to do any shout-outs if you have any <laughs> friends and bands in your area or bands you've toured with in the past that you just want to, you know, share share to them with the world. And then also, if you have anything else coming up with your, you know, with Was and When or with Ghost Chant, um, any announcements possibly, but this is your time. And then after that, we usually do a beer of the week. I don't know if you drink, but... Rolling Rock. Yeah. I, I, I actually have... Didn't new thing. I haven't drank, uh, drank this year, but I'm a big iced tea guy. So that's me. Drinking, I'm drinking Arizona right now. Let's go. Um, um, let's see. Shout outs. First thing, um, I guess it's important to say uh, we still need to be vigilant about like Black Lives Matter. Uh, Got to keep that going. There's like a amazing movement happening in America. So it's important to talk about, um, you know, be active in your community if you can. Go to a protest. I've been to a few. You just really feel an awesome sense of community that I feel like people might have been missing with shows. And it's for a great cause and, you know, for a better America, which I think we all want. Uh, so that aside, um, was and when. Got some songs on Spotify. Got three singles. I think I'll be putting out an acoustic EP soon that I recorded. I'm not sure yet. I'm like super wishy-washy when it comes to this stuff just because of I feel like it's kind of weird putting out music and not being able to play shows. 
Yeah. So it's just kind of like a weird gamble. Um, but Ghost Chant, we, like you said, have Like Hell Out now. It's like a mu- music video and single on Spotify, Apple Music, you know, all the good stuff, all the streaming. And then on what's it, the 24th of June, we will have the full EP out, uh, Left to Drown, um, six songs total. Um, like Hell will be on it. And yeah, so that's, that's the big plug. Dude, that's like next week. I'll be 27 at that point. Holy shit. Yeah, it is. It is next Friday. We didn't have like a, a big, super like long release promotion thing. We like, you, like we, we, we've been sitting on it for a little while. It should have been out like three months ago, but you know, with everything that happened with the, uh, with coronavirus kind of just deleted yeah. it. But no, yeah. So go, go chant left to drown 24th. Dude, be there, be square. Yeah. 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 The well, stuff. Mike, the stuff. yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. And, and thank you for that note about black lives matter. I feel like we haven't gotten a chance to touch on that, um, in any of our episodes yet. So I really appreciate you that bringing, bringing that up and surfacing that, you know, everybody be good to each other. Um, you know, it's, it's a horrible thing that's happening right now and is, you know, continued to happen. Um, and I, I think, you know, support your brothers, support your sisters, support everybody. Absolutely. I, I just want to add communities. one thing. Like, yeah, it's even if, like, I don't know, I don't want to say, like, even if you don't fully believe in, like, the Black Lives Matter movement, just, like, take a time and listen to someone else's perspective and just, like, see where they're coming from and maybe it'll change your mind. That's, you know, just be, I think people seem to be a little bit more open. Not like, I don't mean like you specifically, but you know, the general no, yeah. po- population of people um, just think too much of like their own shoes and don't think of like what it's like to be in other people's shoes. And yeah, just take the time to listen because white people have just been talking for so fucking long. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely listen. That is, yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, Mike, Thank you so much. Um, it was great meeting you for the first time. No, absolutely. Dude, I am, I'm very Good excited for the you. release next week. I know. This is like the most social interaction. I feel like I've, a genuine interaction I've had in a really long yeah. time. So I, I appreciate talking to you guys. And this is great. So thanks for listening and talking yeah, to yeah. And when the, when the world is uh, allowing of it again, we'll have to do some was and when ghost chant, what makes sense shows. Get some. Absolutely. Get some, for old times sake, I'll if anything. More. I can. I will say no to zero shows. I'm going to say yes. Everything. I'm <laughs> such a yes man after this. But it's, oh, it's a yes. I, yes. I, I, think, I think it's. I think it's going to be an industry. It's like, yeah, all right, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Of hey, three different shows. Yes. Great three, talking yes. to you. Absolutely, guys. Love yeah. you guys. Hey, have a Later. good night, man. See you, boys. Bye. And now for something completely different.